Happy Mother's Day. And I have so many ladies at my home that now I think I'll start a business with flowers. It's, it's a very good idea. I was just checking. So good to be here with you. We are having this series called um, Dynasty. 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 Uh, and the life of David. And I'm here again to share with you. I want to ask you to please to open your Bible and 1 Samuel chapter 30 or your phone, um, verse 1. Uh, so, what's the plan for today? Are you having a nice roast going for a book table? Or Mother's Day is nice, but I have another celebration with my brothers from Iran. I think, what's the word? No Rus. It's the new year. Ah, it's tomorrow. Oh, great. Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy New Year, Iran. Times of celebration and good food, of course. Now, I have a question for you. Don't raise your hand. It's just in your mind, okay? Answer for yourself. Think now. And the three people you love most in your life. Come on, then, in my family, I have six or ten, three. Okay. But you know that kind of love that you would give your life for them? Would you die for someone? Like a son, a daughter, a spouse, I don't know. The, the three people you love most in your life. And now you have these names in your head, no judgment. Okay, nobody knows the names. They are in your mind now. Now you take with me a time machine, and you go to the future, and you are now in your, what's the word in English, deathbed? With, let's put some number, I don't know, 95 years old, in a hospital, I wish you a long, happy life, but at some point, you finish. And you be, let's say, in a hospital, and the doctor says, okay, I have three people outside waiting to talk to you and to say goodbye and these three names or four names in your head they come to the room they look to you and you know it's your last day and you look to them you can see them you can hear them and they say um, goodbye I love you and thank you thank you for for what? What kind of life did you leave behind in these 95 years? What would you like to be remembered for? What kind of legacy for people that you really love? Very important to you. I'm sure in the last day of your life, you you not miss working harder. Having worked harder, one more meeting, one more contract, one more sales. In the last day of your life, you miss people. Memories. People that you love. Memories that we are building now for the future. You see, I, I, I love, oh, I think everybody loves to, to, um, to have trips, to go to somewhere. And everybody loves to buy to shopping. But see, if you buy, I don't know, a new phone, 
or something that you buy. Mainly if you are like in this age, like my girls, teenagers, and the next year, oh, this phone is old. It's, I need a new uh, launch from Apple or a new laptop or a new car or a new thing. Because at the moment you buy something, that something, that thing starts to lose value. The car is dirty, is broken, or I need to change the carpet of my house because the, that one's old. Things. But when you traveled, experiences, memories... Think now in the worst trip you ever had in your life. That one, okay? Uh, you, they, they lost your baggage and, and, and their, uh, um, the, I don't know, EasyJet, whatever is the company, they lost your baggage, your, your suitcase, and the tax driver was just charging too much and had no money and it was raining, etc., and you were angry. But two years later, when you have your families in your house, you talk about that trip full of joy. Oh, you cannot imagine everything went wrong, but you're talking with a good feeling about that experience because experiences, they grow, things they lost the value. That's why in the very end of our lives, we miss people that we love. Why I'm telling this for you? Because we are going to read now this text in the screen. I'd love to share to, uh, to ask to someone to close the curtains in some minutes, not now, but I, I want to share a video with you. I think it's, it's better, at least this one here, for people to see at some point, someone. Um, because we will read about family. What's happening here in 1 Samuel chapter 30 is a family crisis. Now, we have a father-in-law trying to kill the son-in-law. And the father-in-law is a king, Saul, and he has the whole army working for him. He is the king. And the son-in-law is running, trying to escape to save his life for over 13 years. There's no more place in Israel. Israel, today, it's a small country, but in those days, it was even smaller. And he was trying to escape through caves and valleys and forests and everywhere. And at some point, David, he crossed the border to the enemy's territory. And he's living in this town called Ziklag. It's a weird name. It's in the, the Bible's full of these names. You know how it is. And, and now we're going to read the text. 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 1 and 2, 3. And you can read verse 4 as well. David and his men reached Ziklag on the third day. Now, the Amalekites, so these people, Amalekites, they came from generation of Esau. If you remember Genesis 25, we're talking about Jacob and Esau. So, the Amalekites had raided the Negev and Ziklag. They had attacked Ziklag and burned it. And had taken captive the women and everyone else in it, both young and old. They killed none of them, but carried them off as they went on their way. When David and his men reached Ziklag, they found it, it destroyed by fire, and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. Now verse 4. So David 
and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. Um, let me turn on this. No. Yeah. It's working? Yeah. No. To, to change this light? Yeah. Okay, great. Technology, guys. I can see there and that screen. I don't need to turn anymore. Thank you, Stuart. <laughs> Family is under attack. What's happening here? Can you imagine these names that you were thinking about now? Your family, people that you loved. Uh, how the text is saying, what's saying here? They attacked. They were taken captive. Uh, verse 2. Women and everyone else at it. Both young and old. This is family. This is the enemy attacking a family. Now, how would you feel if that person you love is in a prison? Is a prison, is in chains, unable to free him or herself, brittle, fragile, captive of something. And you, I don't know, this feeling of, some of us, you know, this feeling of being, uh, wow, I don't know what to do to help this person. I don't know what to do to change the situation. And you, you don't have the skills, you don't have the experience, you don't have the strength to change that situation. And you love that person, and that person is in chains or... Uh, was taking from you at some point. We keep seeing this in an everyday basis, in daily basis, and around us and our families. Some uh, modern slavery or some modern chains around us. There is many of them, plenty of them. Some people that we do love, they are chained by social media. Oh, don't get me wrong. I love social media. I think we need to use social media. But some of them is just they are addicted in dopamine. And suddenly you don't have that person with you. You have bits of the person, pieces of, of that person, shallow attention. You have that conversations like WhatsApp conversation, short message only. But the person's not there. Some of people that we love, some people that we love, they are in chains. I don't know. In uh, alcohol or drugs or pornography, and every kind of addictions and, and chains in the modern world, they are under the enemy's attack. Families being attacked every single day, every single day. And sometimes we don't feel, okay, I don't know how to deal with this, I don't know how to cope the situation. Mainly because when we are under these invisible handcuffs inside our families. You see, the devil, the enemy, he doesn't need anymore to take people out of the church. He just needs to make them slaves inside of your living room. With your phones. Or, I don't know, in the daily life. And we don't see this because it gives us some kind of, sometimes pleasure. is the dopamine the hormone of pleasure in our minds because sin takes away our sensitivity you see when you are trying to learn something new a baby trying to learn how to walk or when you're trying to learn how to drive or how to speak a new language it's hard in the beginning 
It's really hard for me. It's still really hard. But it's hard at the beginning because your neurons, they don't know, okay, it's a new information. I don't know this. In the beginning, something wrong or a sin or a very bad behavior that is taking away you from your family and you are dry and cold. But in the beginning, you feel more resistant or in shock or you feel bad for that habit, that mistake that you are doing. But after some time, you feel more relaxed and familiar with. Because the sensitivity is changing. Now, this neuron is talking with this one. Okay, we don't know this information. Then they start to create communication. And, and the science, you call this uh, synapses. is a bridge between two neurons. And now you know how to do that thing. You know how to speak another language, how to drive, how, how to do this stuff. When you start something or this new chains or this uh, addictive behavior, in the beginning, stuff is hard. But then... Suddenly, it's normal. And you don't know that person anymore who, was in the, who is in the same house as you. Because they are always busy with something connected with the planet, but not connected with each other. And then we feel like, okay, where is that person was taken captive by the enemy? And we look around, oh, wow, I don't know what to do. This text say, says that David was weeping for his family. And the enemy is not playing. The Bible says here they burned the houses. You know, can you imagine? Put yourselves in David's shoes now. We are just arriving home and everything is destroyed. No family anymore. So to burn the houses, not only financial losses, but emotional losses. When... when Affective memories were destroyed. You don't have that kitchen anymore. When you look at that kitchen, oh, we used to laugh here to have good moments. Where is it burned? Oh, that moment in family in your lounge or living room is burned. Oh, what's happening? What is happening with my family? And having families today, a lot of hurt people. Wounded within. And many times... We come for places like this one, our church, or many other churches, and we sing praises to Jesus with a sincere heart, but also carrying a secret pain, a wounded heart, a wounded soul, a secret pain that nobody knows because the enemy is not playing. You know, the biggest problem in the world, I know the biggest problem in the world is not inflation. It's not the war. It's not the pandemic outbreak. It's the destruction of families. The enemy knows that if he destroy a family, he'll destroy a church. He'll destroy a nation. There is no strong country with weak and destroyed families. There is no strong church with weak destroyed families. So this is the biggest problem. So David's here. He just arrived home. No more family. No more house. What can I do? And he's in this situation now. Now, I don't know if the next slide is right, my English. The enemy pits them against each other. Is right this? Yeah, puts against each other. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Because in verse 6 says here, David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter In spirit, wow, because of his sons 
and daughters. They need to blame someone. Instead to be together against the enemy, okay, let's identify where and who is the enemy here. They were Peter and they need to blame someone. Is the husband talk with the wife or with the son or in-law or mother-in-law or children? Oh, it's not my fault. It's you. It's you. It's you. And then we start to fight against each other. And we start to have accusations. And oh, sorry because I did that thing. Oh, but I just did that because you did that first and then boom. And you keep fighting against it. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that every problem is spiritual. Of course not. A, a little conversation, understanding is always helpful. But I'm just saying that behind the scenes, there is some kind of plan to destroy families. And this plan, is uh, uh, part of the package is let's put this family one against each other. Let's accuse. So the problem is not your wife or your husband, your kids. There is someone behind the scenes. There is someone feeding something inside our families. When you turn your ally into your enemy, you turn your enemy into your ally. That person is not your enemy. Your family is not your enemy. You must fight together for your family. You must forgive each other. You must to look to each other and say, hey, let's fight for this family. Let's build this together. Now, I want to share with you three main enemies of family. Of course, there is a lot, but it's like a football match. You have the manager, the coach, the manager of the team, and you have the players. I'm talking about the players now, not about the manager, the guy behind the scenes. But there's at least three of them uh, that I keep seeing. Individualism is the hype valuation of self. What matter is what makes me happy. I won't be happy. I'm not happy in this family. I'm not happy in this marriage. I'm not happy. I need to be happy. It's my needs. It's my dreams. It's my career. It's my goal. It's my personal achievements. Individualism inside the families. And the right question should be, okay, who can I become to make my family happier or better? What can I do or what can I be to be a better for them. The second enemy. Personal achievement. And this is something new in our history. Of the humankind. Why something new? Of course, I do believe personal achievement is, not, is nice, it's perfect. But not, not, not when uh, we make the marriage or the family a place for personal fulfillment. For example, for 150 years... Since 150 years, 180 years, we have this concept of personal achievement as a personal, not in a group. Because before that was for the group. What can I do for my tribe to be better, to overcome or to protect my town or, or to help my church, my family uh, as community? And what we are seeing today, even in the same family, people are looking for their personal achievement despise the family and the third enemy consumer culture 
what is your expectations about the supplier and the customer? Okay, the supplier must achieve or uh, to meet the needs of the customer. We put the responsibility of being happy on the other, inside the same family. Now, to demonstrate a bit of this, I have a video uh, I want to share with you. It's a four minutes video. Uh, guys, you have the video ready over there? Yeah? So let me tell you this. It's American English, okay? Some words are different, slang, etc. You know how it is. Let's watch this video, then I'll be back here. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, guys. Individualism. Um, personal achievement. Consumer culture. We saw some examples of what's happening. Okay, what should I do now? Fight for a family. So in verse, uh, we were reading here, verse 4 says that David was weeping and everybody was so sad. And I, I do believe there was a time for sadness. There was a time for, uh, we have the whole book in the Bible called Lamentations. So there's a time to cry, but also there's a time to stand and fight. There's a time to stand and raise up and to be active and to fight for our families. Sometimes we're trying to do this stuff. We're trying to preserve our families with dry eyes. We are not weeping. We're not feeling. And we are not robots. It's okay if you feel down and if you feel sad and if you feel alone. And if you feel that you have no strength to change situations. It's part of your journey. But then I love this verse when it says that David uh, found strength in the Lord, his God. This strength didn't come from a YouTube video full of advices. came from his God. There is a God who can preserve and protect and give you guidance, direction, and speak to you. But you need to fight for your family. Our problem is we give up too easily. Our problem is we tolerate things. We just, we don't stand to fight. We are not making war against sin. We are not making war against the chains and addictions and all the weapons of the enemy in our families. But what's, what's happening here? He had no uh, uh, solution for the problem. The problem was bigger than him, but not bigger or greater than his God. So at some point, he just... Stop to cry. He stopped. Okay, I need to do something. God, you see, we're not authorized to preach a new, brand new message. But what we are doing here in this church, Sunday after Sunday, is helping you to remember the foundations of our faith. And he turns to God. And turns to God. And, and if you keep reading the story, you can, you can read later on in your home. They, they start this journey to bring them back and to fight against the enemy, to bring the family back. So that means, I think, it, it is a very important to not be passive. Okay, let's pray for the new batteries. <laughs> I have a new slide, but okay. Uh yeah, no, it's too much. This is the end. Okay, spoiler. Okay, don't be passive. Yes, verse 8. He asked to the Lord. He didn't ask. 
have expectations on people. Oh, could you help me to fix my problem? He asked to the Lord, inquired of the Lord. Because sometimes, some of us, we, we have, when you have many doors, we keep, doing for, we keep going for those doors instead to stop and spend time with him. I don't know when was the last time you close your room and you fight for a family with God. God, I'm here because you're not giving up. I'm here because I want to see the situation different. I'm here because I need to change. I don't know how. And you stay there before God. And you weep before God. And you pray before him. But you are so busy. Inquired the Lord. Shall I pursue this raiding party? We will overtake them. I have no answers, Lord. Should I try again? Should I keep doing what I'm doing? He answered. It's amazing. God speaks with us. He asked the Lord. And it takes work to be intentional with your family. It takes work to pray more. To open the Bible in your house and bring your kids. And, and to speak with your spouse and to change. It takes work. Oh, but I'm so tired. This takes all. Yes, welcome to a fight. Welcome to a battlefield. The enemy is attacking. And sometimes you are so passive, tolerating. I like that word in Revelation when God, uh, Jesus is talking with the church, Tiatira. And, and Jesus said, I have something against you that you tolerate Jezebel spirit. And the problem is, uh, you don't need to do nothing. You just need to tolerate. You don't need to... Do nothing. And this is the problem. So don't be passive for your family. Don't give up to pray for them. To bring them back. Don't give up on your marriage, on your family. I, I know some of us, we, we are not married. Some of us, we don't have kids. But you do have family. You have parents. You have people that you love. We have families in this church. Don't give up. Don't be passive. Now. What was stolen from your family? You cannot defeat the enemy that you don't know how to identify. Was it joy? Was romanticism? Was understanding? Good conversations? Time together? Bible reading? You need to bring back those things. It's Mother's Day. It's a great day of celebration. It's a great day to send that email, to call for someone, to ask for forgiveness, to bring forgiveness again. To the conversation, what was stolen from your family? It's time for us to stand. And this is the question. Are you willing to fight? Because there is a war going on. And if you stand to fight, you, you, you give us work. Uh, it you give, takes work for you. To raise kids takes work. To say no, to say yes. You cannot be passive. Because the enemy is not playing and I would love now to pray for the families of this church. And you pray for your family. And you pray like you never did before. Let's stand. If you have someone from your family near to you, please give the hand for that person. If you don't have anyone from your family here, that's fine. You can speak their names before God.
is a moment of salvation. And you ask, Lord, please save my family. Lord, please bring, bring healing. Lord, please destroy the enemy. It's time for, for prayer. Let's pray. Can, you, can we stand? Please. I want to invite my girls here, or Giovanna. Here, girls are here ready, please. <laughs> I want to invite you to close your eyes for a second and think, think in your family. I like what David, Dave said now, a few minutes before the preaching, about to stay a few minutes in silence. We are surrounded by noise. We need to learn how to be in silence again and to look to our hearts, look to inside to your family now. Is your family in need of forgiveness, reconciliation, peace? You have no more joy inside of home. You have no more peace. It's time to pray. It's time to pray. It's time to surrender our hearts to the Lord again Lord Jesus sometimes we just we don't know what to do or how to do or when to do sometimes we need wisdom Lord Jesus sometimes we feel so weak but we stand before you now praying for our families oh Lord Jesus we need we need you in that side of our our homes Lord Jesus, we need your forgiveness. We need your peace. We need healing to our hearts and for the hearts for those that we love. We need to stand against the enemy and say that our family belongs to you, Lord. Our children, their future belongs to you, Lord. We want to serve you with our families. So come, Holy Spirit, and our in our families now, bringing healing, bringing a new season of joy, bringing peace. Those who are suffering in their families, we pray for them now. We pray for those who are with a heart broken. We pray for those who are carrying uh, weights in their shoulders and they feel alone. Please, Holy Spirit, we pray for your presence inside our homes our homes belongs to you Lord let's sing the next worship song and then we will pray again thank you guys finishing the service in a few minutes David and Ali will come to finish but I just want to say for you if you need prayer don't fight alone because if you keep reading this story David went to bring them back with friends everybody together and there was a big celebration at the end of that chapter there's a big celebration waiting for you God's doing something in your life but you don't need to fight alone you can come here we can pray now by the end of the service with you but also we can keep talking and have more time together you don't need to fight alone share with the church share with the leadership team of this church with the eldership team we're here to serve we're here to hold your hand to walk together Speak the name of Jesus in your family. Stand and fight for your family. Stand your fight for those that you love. God bless you. God keeps you. And God give you a powerful week in the name of Jesus. Shout.